0: So, welcome to RIC's Finance and Insurance Application Panel. Uh, we have here uh, with us today Mrs. Danai Kotsia, Business Manager, manager Director of Transportation, uh, of global, global Transportation Logistics from ABN Amro Bank. Mr. Dimitris Panagopoulos, Managing Director, Shipping Finance from TVB Bank. Mr. Elias Takiris, CEO from American Hellenic Hull Insurance Company. And Mr. Ecem Saral, CEO of Cocket Marine Oil. So we have uh, these uh, new regulations now from uh, IMO that we know that more than 70,000 uh, vessels will be affected. And actually, this change in fuel will be the biggest change in uh, shipping fuel that has been done since the change from coal to fuel. Uh, today, all... Uh, w- all the discussions about this uh, matter and all uh, shipping uh, managers are aware of what decision they will take. And uh, most important is who will finance uh, this uh, decision. So, to, and what are the underlying risks from the decision? So today we have key players that uh, can help us uh, to these questions, that is financial institutions, insurance companies, and bankers. Uh, so the first question I would like to ask, uh, Mr. Panagopoulos, what is the role of financial institutions on in the new regulatory environment, and how the rules implementation may affect financial institution decisions to finance ships?
1: Thank you. Uh, please allow me a very short introduction, since this is not a finance conference, so many in the audience may not be too familiar. Uh, DVB. Is a specialized transportation bank um, in aviation, shipping, and land transport. We have about uh, more, actually, more than $8 billion in in shipping loans, uh, and we cover the Greek uh, market through our brands here in Athens. Um, We listened in awe today about all the operational and technical uh, uh, matters of uh, the cap of 2020. Uh, I think the role of lenders is to support uh, their clients uh, and uh, stay away from operational matters. Uh, The last thing you need is a lender telling you or speaking with an owner about uh, technical issues. So we're here to support uh, Greek owners and our clients, uh, whatever their decision is and any way they choose to handle uh, this regulation in relation so in relation to ship finance we continue to do what we always do uh, as dvb and being specialized we do have a dedicated research department and we do like to look at to look into the ships and their characteristics uh, and specs um, but nevertheless it's up to the clients to make the business decisions uh, and not for us to second guess them, uh, it is a bit early to I think to say whether a differentiation in financing terms will will come into play uh, for different types of vessels, whether they are scrubber fitted or otherwise or lng fueled. Um, banks also depend on third parties uh, for information and data uh, we get uh, uh, valuations from brokers, we have uh, uh, firms providing us with uh, time charter forecasts. So it, 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 it's up to the economics and the market to dictate what, what happens. We may see, for example, if we see different, uh, a difference in values or, or in, in, in income, of course, terms may, may be a bit, may diverge also between the different types of vessels. But I wish to note that there must be a significant, I guess, difference to make to make a different uh, to, to to distinguish our our considerations as a lender um, on the issue now of scrubber finance. I don't know if you would like to get into that now or or later, uh, yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's been instances in the market that um, and we are dealing with it that uh, owners are asking for scrubber financing of course we have to be careful here because this is a bit of a euphemism Uh, we don't really finance scrubbers the security is the same Um, the security is on the ship so it's a matter of the use of funds really Uh, it's not it's not about uh, uh, financing scrubbers but raising liquidity which, together with an owner's uh, equity, will uh, pay for the scrubber installation. So, there are various ways that have been uh, implemented uh, to do that. Uh, we hear and we know that uh, uh, there are export credit agencies that are willing to support uh, their countries, their respective countries' manufacturers of scrubbers, and together with commercial banks, may um, provide uh, liquidity to an owner. Of course, that is, again, with security on the ship. If it is a second-priority mortgage, then you need the consent of the first mortgagee anyway. Or directly, the existing mortgagee or financier of a a, a vessel can raise additional equity, can raise additional funds through a top-up to pay for the scrubber that is of course uh, that is a prerequisite that uh, there is enough uh, the leverage is quite low so there's enough value on the ship to raise additional funds to pay for that as a bank we as it is again i said it earlier it's a bit early and the implementation is now starting to um, to be reflected in the decisions of owners as a bank, we're here to cooperate with our clients and, and find solutions if so required, if the decision is to install scrubbers.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. So, Mrs. Kozia, uh, I would like also to hear your uh, views about uh, financing, and also I uh, want to hear some things about uh, how you see the sustainable uh, future in shipping. As we know, IMO is trying to enforce uh, also this 2030 sustainability that uh, EU, uh, European, uh, sorry, that the UN has uh, issued. So how you see that uh, our industry uh, can support sustainable future in shipping? Uh,
2: thank you. I just uh, want to uh, uh, begin first with uh, how does ABNAM review yes. the issue of sustainability. Uh, it has been um, a significant part of the bank's DNA we can say uh, bn AMRO wants to bank for better, not only for now, for generations to come. Uh, the bank does not want to be judged only by the profit it makes. In the future, they want to be ju- judged also for the impact they have on society and environment. As such, uh, sustainability has been uh, identified as one of the bank's strategic pillars and uh, has uh, a very high uh, priority, uh, ranks very high in the priorities of the Bank going forward. Uh, The Bank has decided as well to take a lot of initiatives uh, on the sustainability side, not only on the transportation side in general. Uh, On the transportation side alone, uh, we have recently decided that we want to For example, in the next three years we want to have at least 50% of the transactions outstanding having a sustainable element. It is obvious through all this uh, that uh, a lot of value is placed on that. Uh, We believe that transportation uh, as well can play a role on uh, the environment going forward and um, this is highly supported uh, by the bank. so far, we have taken a number of initiatives uh, to support uh, investments related to that, uh, not only on the construction, in the operation, and also in the recycling phase of ships all, on, on all three shipping phases of the cycle. Uh, on top of that, the bank has recently decided to sail away from ships that have a, um, a right ship rating scale of G, so the least efficient vessels. Uh, we have uh, incorporated stricter uh, strict terms in the loan agreement and uh, we have also introduced a sustainability assessment on all our existing and future clients. Uh, I think all these initiatives are evident that the bank believes that uh, shipping can also contribute going forward. With respect to the terms, as Dimitris said, it's uh, quite First of all, it's quite early to say whether we can define terms in something that is currently underway to be implemented. But uh, on top of that, um, we believe that shipping finance cannot be really standardized. So there are a lot of elements that the bank takes into account when they decide to offer a loan or not. Obviously, we see much more positively companies that have a sustainable business strategy, that they take initiatives. And that uh, they are prepared to invest on that front. Uh, but I don't think we can yet determine specific terms on something. It's caused on a case-by-case case basis. Every case is unique.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Tsakiris, I'd uh, like to hear from you uh, what about legal consequences and insurance complications from uh, non-compliance. Uh, we hear a lot that uh, the ships will be declared unseaworthy, uh, relieving the insurer or provider of liability for any claim that owner will uh, request if the vessel is uh, non-compliant to the new regulations.
3: Thank you very much. <coughs> First of all, uh, this is something completely new, but for Holland writers, and for generally, for underwriters, bad quality bankers has been an issue that we've been battling for the last uh, 10, 20 years. And uh, apparently, the quality of the bankers recently has dropped further. So, we tend to see a lot of claims happening due to uh, consumption of bad bankers. I will try to, to make a, as quickly as possible a holistic, let's say, approach on the issue of insurance and the scrubbers in the IMO 2020. And I will be very frank. The the bill at the end of the day, it will be borne by the owners. The owners will have to make the alterations and the owners will have to pay the price of these alterations of any mistakes that they might take place. The average claim that we expect on uh, this particular type of claims from scrubbers will range between $300,000 to $1.5 million. Having said that, this uh, will imply that uh, Hallen machinery underwriters will have to make certain allowances for this new risk. And uh, we have to also realize that uh, with these new fuels, the engine wear will be far quicker than it used to. Studies from Salve uh, Bremer Association have suggested that. Uh, if we change the liners and continue to consume these bankers, of spec bankers, within three days all the liners will be worn. So you can imagine that apart from one million and a half of uh, repairs for a particular average, we will have also maybe salvages, maybe massive general averages. And uh, we will have also a considerable loss of use of the actual vessel therefore for the time being calendar writers we will be rely on the quality of the management that will secure that they will take all necessary steps to comply with the new regulations however being a, a class item basically the scrubbers the owners need to comply and to work very closely with their classification societies in order to be always always to remain in class, because in case of such a breach, I understand that classes will be withdrawn, and therefore insurance coverage will be also withdrawn, because usually 99% of all the insurance coverage covers are subject to class. Apart from that, and as a first, let's say, set of claims, we will expect a lot of increase in the loss of higher claims. Loss of hire claims will happen basically because of the loss of use of the vessel. Therefore, we expect as a first sign that the insurance premium as far as loss of hire is concerned to go up. Also there is the PNI elements which are obviously known to all the, the, the experienced ship owners, but there will be issues between the ch- within the charter parties that they need to accommodate the new regulations, the new understandings the retrofit that needs to take place whilst we are in a charter. Therefore, the insurance element, apart from the fact that uh, is not yet quantified, is also something that we need to to take seriously into consideration that for the underwriters to react, it has to be that uh, we have to, first of all, pay the claims in order to price the, these particular risks. Therefore, the only thing that the Underwriters and the insurance society can contribute to to this particular new regulation: is efforts, methods, and ideas of how to mitigate this particular uh, type of claims. Uh, For example, Hal underwriters are deciding. The Joint Hal Committee of London has decided to introduce a specific uh, survey that will have to take place prior to commencement of the coverage, which will be in force for all the period of the cover which will basically suggest that uh, the crew the owners the managers uh, they have to always be prudent of how they actually comply with this new regulation that's it that's all
0: okay, thank you very much uh, mr saral let's change a little bit uh, the subject but of course this is again for IMO 2020 uh how is your views now that uh, you will see that uh, how will be the if the market will be ready for supply the new compliant fuel uh, we believe also should be big investment for uh, the refineries and uh, how you see what is your information about if the refineries can uh, comply with this and uh, one more thing is if you think that there will be some changes in the banker hubs let's say we hear that from Singapore will be more in China. This has to be done where the refiners will be ready to supply.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Um, just a quick introduction to be able to, for me to understand, to, to be able to pass along um, our views and our coverage in, in the IMO 2020 uh, affairs. Um, the company, Cocket Group, is involved in marine fuel reselling uh, for the last 40 years. Currently. Um, we have an engagement of at any given time more than 1,500 clients and we take services close to six to 700 vendors at any given time and for the first uh, six months of this year we have either arranged or facilitated marine fuel delivery over 650 ports. Our clients include world's largest shipping companies down to uh, one ship owner operators our vendors include world's largest refineries, national oil companies, into a local and regional small suppliers. The reason I wanted to give you um, uh, this opening is to be able to communicate that from our positioning as a global value-added reseller. We have a reach to a very wide variety of suppliers and, and uh, end users that with very different approaches into how they engaged 2020, what solutions they apply in terms of scope, in terms of frequency, and in terms of pressures or headwinds they have into their day-to-day work. So in address into your first question about changes in the marine fuel supply, I think uh, the first two, three um, uh, sessions have addressed significant uh, aspects of that question already. Um, As we have seen is that there are a number of differing views. Some of them are actually conflicting with each other and very individual solutions uh, in order to address the IMO 2020 uh, question. And um, what we are seeing is that the outgoing three, three and a half million barrels a day high sulphur fuel oil will be met by a different set of solutions depending on the geography and the depending on the capacity and the choice of the end user will be met by a number of different different products. What we see is the underlying issue that is corroborating into that, that simplifies, although a number of different approaches on the physical, what we see is the impact to commercial value chain. We see a significant increase on the, the cost of the oil, irrespective of the choice of oil has being uh, taken. And we see a significant uh, headwinds in, into marine insurance and the credit limits that has been exposed uh, between the producers of the compliant fuel and the end users. So that will probably have a significant impact to how the pro- producers or providers will engage the end users and how the gap that we will see between where the oil is produced and until it reaches the end of the uh, uh, bunker tank. Um, geographical shift is clear. Um, the, the dynamics of high sulfur fuel based marine fuel reality into a distillate or distillate-like marine supply fuel reality is quite different than each other. We are certainly expecting a number of shifts in supply and demand in key ports. And we also see that there are a number of challenges into um, a smaller or niche ports because of the logistics capability or or the limits.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, I would like to ask again uh, Mr. Panagopoulos and Mrs. Kotsia. uh, we see that now with a new compliant fuel, uh, most probably the owners will need to have a higher uh, and better li- uh, liquidity, and uh, how, how they see uh, they can support uh, the owners, and they will have need bigger capital and also better cash flow. Uh, is this something that is already coming to your mind, how you will support, or is not?
1: Lady has uh, given her position. Uh, yeah, I think I think that goes back to the earlier comment I made about um, scrubber financing in general. Uh, it, it's all about uh, raising liquidity, uh, and you only have uh, the ship to do that. Uh, so uh, it's it's the owner's equity, and the banks uh, financing a vessel. Um, we are asset lenders, so that's 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 all we do. Um, now in cases. Of uh, corporate clients, big corporates, they may have other options like credit lines uh, and, and things like that. But uh, we we only do asset lending, so this is what uh, this is how we can help our clients.
2: Uh, I think also um, it is up to the shipping companies themselves, first of all, to determine. Uh, what is the kind type of investment they want to proceed with? Uh, how will they best manage their liquidity? And uh, based on that, it is then up to the bank to find ways to support this. So it's not a matter of introducing a new product for scrubbers, a new financing way of scrubbers or, working capital or related but rather sit down and work together with the clients in order to find the most suitable solution that will uh, help them and support them in their decision to invest in a sustainable form of uh, in a sustainable uh, business uh, investment whatever form that may de- that may use.
0: okay thank you very much Uh, Mr. Saral, uh, all this, the last period, we hear uh, a lot of speculations about the fuel price and what will be the different pricing between uh, the heavy fuel oil and the new compliant fuel. Uh, What is your views in this?
4: We certainly see it will price attractive enough uh, to be able to... um, for the end users not to offer gas oil as the end solution. What we have seen from uh, point 0.1 experience, if the compliant fuel is priced near to gas oil, uh, marine gas oil price, the uptake is, is limited. And based on uh, our research and our engagement number of suppliers globally, we feel that there will be quite a wide number of compliant fuels that are 0.5 sulfur, and they're attractively priced as a discount to gas oil. It's difficult to put an actual number, but um, if you simply today look at and look at the valuations of the forward curve, and take um, Northwest Europe as as a as a proxy, and and use two uh, heavily traded products, that is 1% fuel and 0.1% gas oil, a volumetric uh, blend will give you somewhere around 100 to 110 dollars a ton discount to gas oil. So we should we should probably um, used as a guide to be able to gauge where the pricing might be. But um, we will see a number of different pricing based on different qualities of that 0.5, based on their individual properties that needs to be matched when you calculate and convert them into a, a propulsion value.
0: Okay, Thank you very much. Uh, I would like to see also if uh, someone from our audience has some questions to our panelists. I believe uh, the financing of the IMO 2020 is a hot potato for all uh, of you today.
4: Uh, Mikhail Glencore. Uh, question on the insurance side. Uh, how will it be handled starting January 1st if a vessel uh, has, say, a 0.55 or 0.6 sulfur on board? and is burning that. I know it's a tough question,
3: sorry, but... First of all, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't, we wouldn't know unless there is a claim on, to, on, on top of it. So it has to happen, a claim. The, as we said, the, this is a warranty issue. This is a class issue. So basically, if the classification society allows the vessel to trade as it stands, it, w- it won't be a problem at all. Uh, we will treat it as any other damage that any equipment has had. If uh, the problem is with with bankers is is it annoyingly knowingly the crew put on board this particular uh, bankers or not? this is the, the main question. Unfortunately, and we have to admit that in this in this crowd that uh, crew quality is declining. it's not it's not getting any better. Therefore, uh, we rely a lot on uh, their experience when they actually get these bankers on board. The, what underwriters we are proposing to all our uh, clients, we are saying that basically we need. You, once you get delivery of new bankers, you keep them for at least three days till you get the results from the labs from the for the samples that they have been taken. Once the samples are okay, you can use the new the new bankers. Otherwise, you continue using your own bankers till, uh, till you get new instructions from the, from the owners. As I said, it boils down to the client, after all, and the ship owner. If the ship owner is a professional ship owner, professional manager, these things won't happen. He will have ways to uh, not happen.
0: Any other questions? I don't know if someone from our panel would want to make one ending note. You want to say something more? No? Any comment? Okay. Thank you very much.